Hello everyone out there in podcast land. I really do appreciate you showing up for yourself and getting inspired by tuning into this week's episode. My guest for episode number 38 is just a little bit of a powerhouse. Her name is Nerida Bent and she is the owner of La Somme Gyms here in the Hunter region in New South Wales. She ironically, never started out her career wanting to be a personal trainer, let alone own a gym. But it was an unfortunate experience back in 2011 that led her to eventually start La Somme in 2014. The vision for La Somme is to strive to make a global shift in the way women think about health through community, connection and contribution. Their mission is big. They want to empower 1 billion women to live more meaningful lives, and their values are community, excellence, and courage. In this episode, Nerida shares her career journey and taking some pretty big, scary leaps uh, to also some of the highlights that she's had over the last few years. We talk about the why of La Somme and how Ironically, that is quite tied back into her story and some of her childhood experiences. We talk about being a leader and yes, this applies to being the leader of a team if you are in a small business and you have several employees, but we also talk about leading yourself first and foremost and leading yourself as a solopreneur if, if it's just you and your side hustle, your business. And when you can lead as a team member as well, because that's super, super important to realize that leadership is not just a title for the select few. And finally, we talk about building a business brand and building your personal brand as the owner of a business and why that's important and how Nerida has gone about doing that. This truly is a fun <laughs> but also a heartfelt conversation. And I can honestly say I have so much respect for this woman. I am so glad to have her as part of my community of women, of fellow business owners. She's been amazing, amazing support every time we have crossed paths. So it makes me very excited, very glad to be able to share her wise words with you all. If you haven't had a chance of meeting this beautiful woman, then here you go. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome, Nerida, to the True to You podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. So, yeah. Such a pleasure to be here. You're so welcome. This uh, conversation has been a long time coming, uh, yes. partly because I haven't gotten <laughs> off my butt to get us together. Um, so no excuses. We are here and... I'm very, very excited that for this conversation because I was just saying to Nez before that uh, she has a lot of experience in business now, five years down the track. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you're five years into it and 
uh, has some really big goals for the future. So for anyone listening that's not quite at that uh, part of their journey yet, you are going to learn a lot from this woman. She's incredibly resilient. Uh, She has a really powerful story that led her to creating her business. Uh, So let's dive in. Okay. So what I would love to hear from you, Nerid, is a little bit about your career journey, what life looked like before the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can take us back as far as you want. And then what was the thing that had you go, right, I'm going to start a gym. I've never been in the fitness industry before. <laughs> Let's open a gym. And you open the song here in Newcastle. Yeah, well, um, it's a bit of a long story, but... Geez, life before the song, like, um, you know, we're in 2020 at the moment. If you'd asked me, like, 10 years ago, my life was very different. Um, I was about 20 kilos overweight. I was in a relationship I was really unhappy in. Um, I was in a job that I was really miserable in. And I was probably very, very depressed when I look back on my life. Um, And I just was really lost. Like, I had no kind of concept of who I was or what I wanted in life. And I was kind of just walking around really, really numb. Mm. Um, and I had, like, for months I'd been wanting to kind of, like, lose a bit of weight and look at my health and fitness. And my partner and I at the time happened to buy a house across the road from a CrossFit gym. Yeah. And, like, 10 years ago, CrossFit wasn't everywhere like it is today. Yeah. It was something that I was really curious about. I had no idea what it was, but I could see these girls in this gym you know, doing crazy things like running and doing pull-ups and lifting tires and putting barbells above their head. And they were also fit and strong and just amazing. So ironically, you know, now I know after working in the fitness industry that a lot of people experience a lot of fear and anxiety Mm. before approaching a gym. And back then this was so unique. So I probably should have had a little bit of fear about it, but I actually didn't because I had come from a sporting background and this, I had done a little bit of gym training and this just looked amazing to me. So mm. I just kind of decided one day I was going to go over and ask, you know, what this CrossFit is, you know, could just a normal person from the street join? How do I, you know, become a part of this place? And I'll never forget it the day that I walked over there and asked the owner and I walked in and I remember just thinking it was amazing. Like it was something out of a Rocky film. Like mm. there were just people everywhere doing all these really cool things and I got chatting to the owner and I was asking more about it, like, how does this work? And he was, you know, kind of telling me that it was group training and you come in at set times and you get coached. And I could just tell that he was like looking me up and down and really kind of not really vibing with me. Like he was, I didn't even really pick up on the judgment until he said to me, darling, this is not for you. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was kind of the end of that. I walked out and I was like, burning with shame and embarrassment and it was all I could do to hold the tears back and um I went away and just yeah I wish I could say I went along and joined the next gym and I was like you know screw you but I wasn't I was like really really hurt and confused as to why I couldn't go and just do that sort of training and I'd watch the girls every morning at 6 a.m like I would just watch from my bedroom window and just think oh that just looks so cool I just so want to be a part of that And then anyway, it was months later that I was at a barbecue and bumped into an old friend and he had lost about 15 kilos, was looking amazing. And I said, what have you been doing? And he said, I've been doing CrossFit. (laughs) I was like, I know. I was like, damn it. I really want to do that, but they won't let me. (laughs) 
And um, he said, come to my gym. Like, it's, there's a great community and it's lovely. And I was like, no way. But he talked to me around and then I made an appointment. I made a plan to go with him the following week. But the whole time I was thinking, I'm going to find a way to get out of this. I'm going to find an excuse. Then he messaged me that morning and said, don't even think about cancelling. I'll see you there at 5 p.m. And I remember driving there, like, absolutely shaking. Um, and I didn't want to walk in, but, you know, something forced me to get mm. out of the car. And I walked in and I was met with the complete opposite. The owner came over to me, introduced himself to me, welcome, introduced me to a couple of members, um, you know, was so welcoming. Yeah. The first workout was something crazy, like five rounds of 400 meter run, 20 pull-ups, 20 box jumps, 20 burpees. I know it was crazy. And I was way behind everyone else, but I didn't care. I didn't yeah. have that judgment around myself. I knew I just needed to do it and that I would get better. Mm. And the last set of 20 burpees, everyone was doing them with me, high-fiving me at the end. A lady hugged me and I was just hooked. Yeah. Long story short, I signed up to that gym. 12 weeks later to the day, I'd lost 21 kilos. Wow. I was just in the best shape of my life. I trained five days a week. I looked at my nutrition and it just fell off me and it just transformed me. Like mm. not only the weight, I finally felt like I was a part of community. Like I would turn up to training, people knew my name. People were watching me, trying to help me get better. And it just felt like I was as a part of something and I belonged. Mm. So that kind of gave me the confidence to then leave the relationship I wasn't really mm. happy in, unfortunately. Um, I just realized now that I stayed in it longer than I probably should have. And then 12 months later, like I just decided to leave the job that I was unhappy in too. But not to go and be a PT. I actually left my job. I was driving to work one day and I just felt miserable like I had been feeling. And it was so hard. I really loved my the people I worked with, but I didn't like my yeah. job. What was your work? I worked with, um, for Veolia, which is an yeah. environmental services company. Not to shame them, but they're a great company. <laughs> and I'll tell you more about them later. They've yeah. been so supportive towards me since. Um, but I used to work um, as an area manager and I'd go out to different sites and consult with businesses and um, commercial, you know, on their waste and you know manage their kind of um, waste system and yeah I just didn't really enjoy that I enjoyed the people I worked with and my bosses I loved them they're amazing mm -hmm. and I'm good friends with them to this day anyway when I quit they kind of said to me what are you going to do and they thought I was going to a competitor and I was like no I'm just going to take some time off and my it was my boss that actually said to me Nerida you should be a PT and I was like what yeah. I actually laughed I said who would want a PT with me like, who would, you know, pay me to train them? And he said, Nerida, you're the first person I've ever met that, like, lights up when you talk about burpees. Yeah. So anyway, months later, <laughs> I started a boot camp a couple days a week after meeting a friend, uh, meeting a girl through a women's only supplement store. She helped me start it. She gave me some slam balls. She gave me a couple of phone numbers for 10 girls. I messaged them and she came along and helped me run it. And yeah, eight girls turned up that day. And then we ran it three days a week for about three months and then... They were asking me for more and more training and I would say, come to my CrossFit gym and they were like, no way, too intimidating and we don't want to train with guys. So that's when I started to think, well, what would a, a gym feel like if it was women's only and it was cross training, but not super intimidating. And then as soon as I voiced that to the girls, they were like, sign me up. Mm. So I spent the next three months looking for a site, um, you know, registering my business, learnt, like trying to figure out how to start a business, get some equipment. Um, you know, it was just a step-by-step -step thing. I, like every day I'd wake up and kind of be like, what do I need to do today? And it was weird. The universe just kind of conspired to help me. Like I would wake up and think I need to find a, a site today and I'd meet a real estate agent. Yeah. 
you know, and then the next day I'd be like, right, I need to create a logo. And then a friend would, I'd bump into a friend who was a graphic designer. Mm. And then the next day, like, yeah, I just, yeah, totally created it and out of manifestation and just yeah. kind of like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. We opened the gym with 45 girls and it's just been blossoming ever since. Wow. Mm. That, oh, we could almost start the podcast. Here yeah. That story is <laughs> just incredible. I, one thing I would love to touch on and know a, a little bit more about you didn't know the steps to starting the business, but you had a lot of intention and vision mm. behind that's that. That's all I had. And that, that's key, though, mm-hmm. because that's what, that's what guides mm. you for a, forever. But would you say there was some skills that, even though you came from a completely in, different industry, uh, was there skills that you were able to pull into this new business or were you completely starting from scratch? Did you leverage some of your past experience? And- um, it was completely starting from scratch in the sense of working in the fitness industry, um, you know, starting a business. I had no experience in either of those two fields. But the, the one thing I did have was I had really good people skills. Mm. I was used to working with people mm. and just... I could, you know, I can and I always have been able to just talk to anybody. Um, and also just the, the experience that I built in a CrossFit gym, just like being a part of the community, training, watching the people around me and the leaders around me, honestly, and the community I was a part of, like, you know, I'm still really, really good friends with a number of those people that I started my CrossFit mm. journey with. And some of them are huge mentors to me mm. in business. So it was kind of, I, do you know what I really leveraged? It was all of a sudden I was around people that stretched me. Mm. I was around people that would say to me, have you listened to this podcast? Have mm. you read this book? And people that were talking about big ideas and people that were doing amazing things. Mm. I've always loved the saying, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Because honestly, like that's what really grew me, being around people like that more and more. Mm. And because what happened was I started transitioning from some of the girlfriends I was hanging out with and spending time with, we were drinking and partying and just didn't really talk about anything in, in, about what we wanted in life. It was all just very kind of surface surface level. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I started spending time with people who would just have deeper conversations and just challenge me a little bit and push me a little bit. And yeah, it's just naturally I started to really shift. So mm-hmm. I would say that I leveraged though that learning from being around people like that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and leveraging also the fact that you were good with people. Yes, yeah, but that was the only skill. Yeah, wow, okay, that's really cool. Uh, Let's talk about scary moments. Mm. You touched on a few, Mm -hmm. uh, one being um, starting a business from scratch without business Mm. acumen Mm -hmm. and no no history of business in your family. No, No. absolutely none. Yeah, so you didn't have any any precedent, so I imagine that was scary it was terrifying yeah Yeah, the last five years of building this business talk to us about what have been some really Mm. scary moments there have been heaps (laughs) yeah honestly like um and you know there have been heaps the first time i signed my lease like you know at the time it was something like eighteen thousand dollars it was it was nothing Mm. and it was i was so scared um and it was i was scared of failing and then my friend said to me Merida, eighteen thousand dollars a year is probably two hundred fifty dollars a week. If you need, to, if you don't, if you don't make this work, go and pack shelves at Coles, mm. and you'll pay the rent. You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until she kind of really put it so simply like that, mm. I thought, yeah, you're right. So signing my first lease was terrifying. 
Um, signing the second lease for a bigger space that was yeah. three times the amount per year was terrifying. That's at Carrington. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we moved to Carrington. We moved to Carrington after two years. We outgrew the space within six months. Wow. I, will, I totally underestimated how successful it would be. Then we moved to Carrington and then, you know, then I hired my first full-time employee. That was scary. Yes. And, and I, at the time, I thought, I need to wait until I have this second site to be able to do it. But now I look back and I realise that I needed to sign, get her on and help me run the business so I could go and open Maitland. Mm. Signing the lease for Maitland was scary. Like, there has never been... Like, that's the thing about business. There are... It, it's not easy. And it's not it's not for the faint-hearted. And, but the only the people that survive the ones that just have that ultimate passion and just drive to want to make it work because if you don't have that you won't be able to get through the tough times and that's one thing I've really learned I read um, shoe dog by the guy who yeah. founded Nike yeah and you know like you look at how successful that company is and he just had constant and, and at, at such a much larger scale constant adversity mm. and stress and anxiety and you know it was actually really comforting to hear that yeah people at that level still mm. experience that mm. so it's like you really have to get your head around the fact that that's never going like you don't you don't get to leave your cushy job where it's safe and you get paid a, a salary to turn up and go straight into running a business where you're safe and you get to have freedom and do whatever you want but earn great money it just doesn't work you've yeah. got to you've got to take risk and you've got to do the you've got to you know, do the hard yards and you've got to like suck it up for a little while yeah. until you until you make it work. Yes, yes, I agree with you. And and I think a key point that you made there is that business is, we're in a culture now where entrepreneurship is very uh, trending. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now that there's this whole, everyone's working from home, I guess mm. everyone's thinking, oh, I might start a business mm. with my spare time yeah. or whatever. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, a certain tolerance for risk that mm. you will have to have and you might have to set your life up in such a way yeah. that uh, you're okay with that level mm. of risk um, and understanding what that is and then making choices that are in line with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I would want to know from you in, in all of those scary things that you've been through, there must be some tools that have gotten you through that time. Yeah. I know you're really uh you love your personal development mm. and this has been a personal development journey in itself i think business is one of the greatest mm. things even if our business lasts for a year it lasts for five years 20 years it's mm. one of the best educations you yeah. can get because you're really at the uh the coal face mm -hmm. what helped you get through those uncertain times mm. or those scary moments where you felt like you were jumping out of your <laughs> yeah. yeah honestly it's people it's yeah. community um you know like the thing that gets me like the thing that drives me is watching what we do in the gym watching women like when you know what it's so funny timing is everything mm. it, you know i don't really the, the members don't really reach out to me and tell me like back in the early days when i coached a lot of classes they would they would constantly message me and really fill me up by telling me how much, how life-changing this place was because we I was making such an effort to create this environment of you know health and fitness and grow these women and challenge them and teach them really cool things like how to do a handstand how to do a pull-up they were coming into the gym feeling really empowered but then also creating this community where mm. you know I forced them to all get to know each other and 
you know, we'd go to breakfast and we'd have social things and I would just constantly encourage that interaction mm. with women that you don't already know. And I love watching women connect, like young, old, different professions. Like I loved just watching women really come together. Mm. And um, But now I don't really get a lot of that. But what's funny is every now and then when I'm going through a tough time, that's when the messages come through. Just out of nowhere, yeah. someone will send me a message and just say, I just want to let you know, this place has really changed my life. Um, you know, I've been battling mental health for the last 12 months. Yeah. And for the first time ever, I feel happy and I feel proud of myself and I can see a future. Yeah. Or, you know, thank you for creating this space. Like I am I've someone that's grown up with not a lot of girlfriends mm. and I've found my tribe. Mm. And, you know, seeing girls be bridesmaids for each other at, their, yeah. at weddings and think they met at La Somme three yeah. years ago. Yeah. It's like, that's what makes me, that's what drives me. And that's what gets me through the hard times. Mm. And also another part of that is creating um, employment for women that come to work and love what they do every day. That's something that I just love. Like I really just love seeing women step into leadership roles and create their own little communities. Mm. We've got Ash at Newcastle and Abby at Maitland and watching them, you know, lead their communities is something that I'm super proud of and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really, really, yeah, it gets me through. Yeah, amazing. Has there been any uh, things that you've done? You've, you've got a leadership coach on, mm-hmm. uh, and slash business coach. Uh, has there been anything else that you've invested in to either support your team or to support yourself? And how important has that been? Mm. Because it's very easy for us to, when it's our business to think Mm. we need to do everything and we need to be across everything. Mm. That's really important. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think if you outsource everything too quickly, Mm -hmm. um, you you lose awareness of things. But what in terms of those support mechanisms have you had? Um, Like, so definitely I think that investing in some sort of learning and growth and development constantly is ideal. And I am really lucky that this role, like the roles that I employ tend to attract women that are naturally interested in, in that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I think it's really important to, you know, obviously you have to do everything yourself when you first start, but as soon as you get to a point where you can offload a few of those jobs that A, you're not very good at or you don't like doing, but you should start to do that because you ideally you want to be focusing on the things that you really are good at and that you love mm. doing. Um, but... Yeah, investing in like, you know, I love live events. Mm. I think live events are amazing for bringing people together and mm. having that connection and being inspired to think differently. I love having mentors around me and I, I really, really, um, you know, see a lot of value in having people, good people around me that I can go to if I need mm. some advice. And getting out into the community and networking. So my girls are constantly going out into the community and doing different things to stretch themselves a little mm. bit, like going to networking events where by themselves like mm. I'm always trying to really push them to mm. do different things like mm. that um and yeah I suppose reading and listening to podcasts like that has been my biggest tool of learning and inspiration over the last few years because it's so easy you can just pop it on while you're driving mm. and you learn so much mm-hmm. so podcast is definitely a huge <laughs> yeah. huge huge yeah and Lissom has a podcast we do don't they? yes yeah. the Lissom podcast the Lissom podcast what made you start podcasting was it your love of podcasts it really was it really was and you know what I just wanted to shine a light out on um to other people about the people in our community like the women the the Mm. amazing stories that were happening so I I interview like you know the average women that just come to our gym and talk about their stories Mm. and you know and the coaches and every now and then we get someone like you on or we get like a 
you know, an expert in, you know, like a dietitian or a nutritionist or a physio. Mm. Um, it's just, yeah, I love talking to people and learning and growing and yeah, it's just something I love doing. Yeah. I love that. And a, a beautiful way of extending value to yeah. your community of course. as well. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so you touched on something there about uh, sharing women's stories and you've shared a little bit of your story. How intrinsic do you think your story has been to your why for starting this business? From the outside, it seems like there's a very strong connection mm. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, does your why even go back further than mm-hmm. this decision to start this gym? Well, I think initially, like it was really accidental. Like, you know, somebody said I'd make a good P- PT. Someone else said I'd make a good PT. So I kind of just did it because I, it was a pure accident. I had yeah. no other work and I just thought, well, I need to do something. Yeah. And so it, it started by accident and then I grew to, I, I realized I was good at it and I liked it. Um, and then I, you know, I, I would constantly remember that day that I walked into that gym and, you know, was treated so poorly. Mm. And I remember just having this, you know, huge reaction to that. And at the time I thought it was the, one of the worst things that ever happened. But now I look back and I think, it was a blessing. It was mm. a gift because I knew later, like years later, that's what I don't want anyone to ever mm. experience. I mm. want women, no matter what age, 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 shape, size, or ability they are at, to know that they have a place where they can walk in and feel welcomed and feel respected and feel encouraged to become their best self. Mm. I look at this guy and I think, you know, he has no idea what I've turned into. I've lost 20 kilos. I've turned my life around. I, you know, for a while there... You know, I would compete at CrossFit events, you know, around Newcastle and Sydney and I'd travel all around Australia and, you know, and then I've started a business. Like, you never know what someone is capable of if you give yeah. them the support that they need. Yeah. Um, and I'm just eternally grateful to the guy, Shannon, who did take me in and did mentor me and mm. did give me that support and no judgment. Like, and I yeah. still see him around to this day and I just feel my heart just... I feel so full of yeah. love for him every time I see him because I just think he changed my life without even knowing it, just by being a friend. Yeah. So that was definitely huge. But now I realize, like now that I've created this space, I'm I'm highly um, passionate about creating a space of inclusion and mm. but also to make people feel really a part of it. Mm. And that's not just from that one experience. This goes deeper. My parents are both hearing impaired. Mm. And I grew up really watching them like struggle with the hearing community mm. when they were in their deaf community they were thriving people like they would talk to anybody and they just i could watch them just really just you know light up mm. and then obviously we grew up doing surf lifesaving and so we were all hearing we you know i'm one of three and so whenever we would be with our friends and family that weren't deaf i would see my mum and dad and i would just see them i would honestly just see them kind of um just a little bit flatter and a little bit just not as lit up and not as yeah and I really noticed them become excluded and because if people didn't take the effort to talk to them and lip read you don't need to know how to sign Mm. um yeah I really did watch them become excluded in that sense and I think that for me is a big driver like I'm super caught like super you know onto my coaches about looking out for those girls who come into the gym and are really new and they haven't built those connections yet how do we create a space where, and a culture where our girls are identifying it for themselves and reaching out mm, and saying, hey, mm, I haven't met you before. My name's so-and-so. Mm, Come mm, with me. Mm. And you know what? I'm really proud. I really believe we've created that. Mm. And 
that is the only legacy I ever oh, like I'm happy with that if I died tomorrow yeah I would die a happy woman knowing that you know I've impacted just a couple of hundred girls in Newcastle in that way yeah and that they all think differently now when they yeah. go you know and, and they even do it when they're out and about with their friends like yeah. they look out for each other and that's all I want yeah oh that's that's amazing gosh <laughs> so so powerful and yeah you're like you said your why goes a lot deeper and sometimes we actually don't always realize that because mm. it's become part of our subconscious mm -hmm. uh, but it probably all of your decisions were going to maybe lead to mm. this place one day yeah, yeah. well it's funny <laughs> I didn't know it I didn't notice it until mm. it would have been two or three years ago someone pointed out to me someone said something about um, oh I, that's right I was at an event and there was a deaf person there and she yeah. came over to me and approached me and, and just I had been a public I had been a speaker of the event mm. and I was talking about other things and she was telling me she knew my mum and how proud she was of me and you know and how much and then it just the penny just dropped mm. and then I just realized and I really realized that yeah it was a huge part of my identity and a huge part of why I behave the yeah. way I do but it wasn't really yeah obvious to me for a long time yeah and pro and by the sounds of it you never let that also the fact that you you have parents uh with that uh do you call it a disability yeah yeah, yeah they are yeah it's yeah. a disability for um, sure yeah so with having that you'd grown up with it so mm. you you learned to be quite resilient yeah. and probably quite protective of yeah. them yeah and, definitely uh and then when you started to see other women who necessarily weren't um, hearing impaired but had other little things mm -hmm. that were stopping yeah. them. Different, um, sometimes them different. it can be anxiety, mm -hmm. sometimes it can be they've never been in big groups, mm -hmm. the exercise is intimidating, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, so oh. many different things and we're not always aware of yeah. what other someone else's yeah um story is and, yeah yeah and you know what it's like when you're a kid you get picked on for absolutely anything <laughs> yeah. and so i was obviously constantly picked on because yeah. my parents were deaf yeah. people would tease me constantly about that and and obviously you know that had a huge impact on me like i didn't have a really great experience at school mm. and so i definitely have a lot of empathy for anybody that comes into our community or, or anyone mm. that is a little bit different mm. like you know like I know that our community tends to attract a lot of young fit happy healthy girls um, but that's not really who I identify with yeah um, I really identify with you know the older women that come in and feel a little bit self-conscious or you know the women that you know just don't really have friendships themselves or Anybody that just feels a little bit on the other, like that's yeah. So I think yeah, I identify with those people that just feel a little bit socially, you know, not included until you really pull them in. There's a really good saying I love. Um, it's not enough to be invited to the party; you've got to be invited to dance. Yeah, and I just think that's so important. It's, yeah, you know, we've all got to go above and beyond to make people feel yeah. special and yeah, part of our rather circle. than have them just standing mm. on the outside waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, amazing. Hey there, before we dive into the rest of this incredible conversation, here's a few words from the beautiful Antoinette. Thank you, Ruby, so much for your honest, calming and incredibly generous coaching. This has been a huge personal development learning curve for me in understanding all the whys of so many things that have held me back for so long and shifting my mindset to get past all those negative, irrational and what-if thoughts to knowing 
my worth, the value in my work and feeling confident in taking up space in the world to share my creativity and earning it and feeling amazing about getting this side hustle going. Thank you. So you're talking a lot about leadership here as well and the fact that you do have a team of women split across two uh, different premises, which means that you're constantly going between two different places. And I know in the last few years you've been able to uh, set up your gym and probably through the uh, support or advice of uh, mentors or coaches to have you be a bit more uh, transient mm-hmm. where you can oversee the operations but not be in the business. Um, so in terms of leading those women, what do you think are some really important characteristics of a business owner that they need to have just basic characteristics when it comes to leadership? It doesn't need to mean that they have to go yeah. out and do an MBA mm. or have worked in, in corporate roles leading teams because that you're not always going to come into business with that experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what have you noticed in yourself and your leadership and that has been really important that you've ensured that your team has also had those characteristics? Mm. Yeah. Um, look, so... I I feel like I was really like that word didn't really even sit well with me yeah. for such a long time. Um, I never really saw myself as a leader, um, but the one thing that you know, like I read a quote once about leadership, um, meaning I'm going to butcher this, but it was something along the lines of wanting to see the people you lead succeed you. Yeah, and um, that really has always been something that's. Uh, my skills as a leader, like I'm only just realizing now uh, since investing in a coach the last 12 months, like are actually probably really poor, <laughs> you know, like I don't communicate that well. Sometimes I'm not very organized. Um, sometimes the girls, you know, have no idea what's really going on and I'll just announce something and they're like, Oh, this is what's happening. There are so many, um, ways that I fail them. But the one thing that I've always had and always will have is just wanting to see them thrive in the in their roles and to become the best leaders they can be i just that's the only thing that keeps like that i think you know drives me as a leader and keeps Mm. that is special like that um the only trait that i have i think yeah is just that i see the potential in people often before they see it in themselves yes and that's all i do all i do is try to get them to see what they're truly capable of and try to get them to believe in themselves because there is nothing worse than seeing somebody who is so capable and watching them get in their own way. Mm, mm, yeah. And uh, you've probably done a lot of Brene Brown's mm-hmm. work, read a lot of her books, and her work has certainly moved deeper into the leadership space. And have you read her book, Dear to Lead? I have, yeah. three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, um, it's incredible because I think she pulls a lot of, uh, what we perceive leadership to be mm-hmm. apart, uh, you know, throw away the title, the leadership title, mm-hmm. because uh, oftentimes we have this belief, and maybe your women have had this belief, I can only be called that once, or I can only be a leader once I have that title. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, so we have a lot of um, 
pressure on ourselves to have the title in order to become the leader. But Mm. there's a lot of skills that she speaks about in terms of uh, authenticity, vulnerability, communication, Mm -hmm. uh, like dealing with uh, our stories and our shame Mm. and, and these these characteristics that it doesn't matter if you're mm. Bill Gates, Steve mm. Jobs, whoever, mm. or if you're you or I, mm. they're all human oh, characteristics, yeah. aren't they? Oh, I will say that. That is one other thing that um, I probably think is really important is to be vulnerable and mm. to be completely honest. I think mm. what I see a lot is leaders who you know, you can see are struggling or have no idea what they're doing or are really, really scared mm. and, they, and they don't share that. They cover mm. it up mm. and that's actually what causes more and more distrust and it makes people not able to connect with you and relate to you. I think that's the best, the best thing you could do is actually be completely real and honest with your staff or your community about how vulnerable you can be sometimes or mm. about how scared you are or about what's going on for you because... When you do that, that obviously Brene Brown talks about this a lot. You know, we all want vulnerability, but mm. we're also unwilling to lean in first. Yeah. And if you're a leader, you have to be the one leaning yeah. in first. You have to be the one, you know, creating that safe space and opening up about the fact that, you know, like, you know, you have feelings and you have emotions and, you know, whatever's going on for you. And I think I do that constantly with girls. Mm. And every time I do, I do it, just brings us closer and closer mm. together. I don't try and pretend that I'm something I'm not Mm. um I'm very very open and honest about my inabilities and my lack of skills and knowledge and that's why I create a team around me that you know can add to that you know I don't have great skills when it comes to administration so I've got an admin person and I don't have great skills when it comes to leadership so I hire a leadership coach I don't have great skills when it comes to you know coaching and development so I hire in a trainer like you know, you have to surround yourself with those people and not be afraid to do that. Mm. And, you know, you're the one, like Bill Gates always talks about, you know, he says that, oh, no, I think it was Steve Jobs that says, you know, there are all these people around him and they look at him and say, what is it that you actually do? He's yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm the conductor. Yeah. Everyone else plays the, the instrument and yeah. I'm the conductor that brings it all together. And that's how I look at my role. Like, I don't, I don't know, even know what I do, mm. but I bring all these people together and it just seems to happen. Yeah. Yeah, a book that keeps coming up, I'm hearing a lot, is Rocket Fuel. Have you read that no. yet? Uh, so they talk about the visionary and the integrator. Mm. So mm. I assume that, that you're the visionary, yes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And then the integrator is mm-hmm. exactly what you were saying, the people yeah. that go and implement the systems yeah. or the... Uh, are really just yeah. helping your vision come to life. Totally. That's yeah. Ashley for sure. Yes. And like we are so different. Yes. Like, so, so different. It's yeah. amazing. Like she's, wherever you put us, she's on the opposite end really? of the scale. Like okay. it's such a huge way. But the one thing we do both have is we both have, you know, that love for the, the community, the love for the brand, the mm. vision mm. and the belief and, yeah. and the values. That's so huge. Like mm. knowing our values, like that's something we figured out nearly two years ago and it's driven us and it drives us every day. Mm. And when things are tough, we always dial back to that. What are our values? What do we? Where do we make decisions from? Mm. We need to make sure that we're making decisions from that place, not mm. a place of fear or uncertainty. So we're so similar with that sort of stuff, but everything else we're complete opposite. And so that's why it works so well. Yeah, Lasom would definitely not be you know as successful as he is without her. She's just the 
yeah, the driving force behind it for sure. Yeah, and and credit to you, I think as well for uh, something you might not have actually realised, but that came to me as you were speaking is your self awareness to know what your strengths are and what they're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Black and white. Oh, I definitely know. And definitely. We're not always in the position uh, financially where we can outsource every weakness. Yeah, of course, right? of course. Yeah. Um, and uh, something that a question that comes to mind is those women that are on their own, mm-hmm. solo business owners, uh, that perhaps don't have a team what's a couple of things maybe self-awareness would Mm -hmm. be one of Mm -hmm. your strengths and your weaknesses Mm -hmm. uh i guess vision and vulnerability Mm -hmm. have people that might not be in your direct team but support around you is there anything else that comes to mind when you think of the early days Mm -hmm. before you had because you have been in that position without employees Mm -hmm. yeah anything leadership wise uh that you would tell yourself (laughs) your your early days um just to embrace the journey Mm. um because it's full of up and downs um in terms of leadership um i think getting really clear on your why is super important Mm. i I, like i think i did have a bit of an idea but i don't think i really verbalized it as much as we do now Mm. um so i think that's definitely something um i wish investing in like do whatever you can to invest your time energy or resources into learning and growing as quickly as you can Mm. i was i I think i kind of stumbled along blindly just kind of it was a little bit of fun for like three or four years and it's only really the last year or two i've kind of gotten serious about it Mm. so i wish i had done that sooner you know really invested in a good coach um, and if you can't afford a coach, get onto podcasts. Like, uh, yeah, that was all really late in the game for me. Mm. So yeah, I wish I had um, been smarter with my time back then. Um, and you know, I think thinking big is yeah. really important. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it's important to surround yourself with people too that believe that you can do it too. I think there's so many people out there that are, you know, when they hear a crazy idea, they shoot it down. And at the end of the day, like where the world like revolves around people that have you know had had crazy ideas in their mm. work so i think you know really surrounding yourself with people that that you know what paying attention to who you spend your time with and how they make you feel mm. i think that's huge mm. i think i spent a lot of time with people that didn't really stretch me grow me push me and the more you know i didn't wasn't really aware of it so i think yeah really getting clear on asking yourself how you feel when you're with someone when you walk away from them like and what, what are they bringing to your life? What are they adding to your life? Yeah. I think that's something that I learned late in the game too. Yeah, definitely. I had a conversation with a client this morning and a big part of the first session when I worked with a client is that foundational work around your energy. Mm. Uh, because if we're going to create any sort of change, it's going to demand more energy mm. of us. Mm-hmm. And straight away, knowing those things that give you energy mm-hmm. and that suck your energy from mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you're not even aware that they yeah. are because yeah. they can just simply be in the room and yeah. then you feel it. Yeah. But uh, it's so important, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. important. Totally. Um, yeah. How do you feel about uh, the journey in terms of owning a business and supporting yourself in terms of your mental health and your physical health through the journey? Has that been easy just because you own a gym? Oh, or is no. that. <laughs> no. That's a big myth. Yeah. But it's actually the opposite. 
when you are coaching, you know, three or four classes a mm-hmm. day, the last thing you actually feel like doing is working out yourself. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me, in my first two years of owning a business, my health went absolutely down the, down the drain. I put on weight. I didn't feel good. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't looking after myself. I was so run down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it took me a while to kind of really understand that was happening. And then <clears throat> as soon as I could afford it, I hired a coach and just started training myself, you know, mm. a couple of times a week. And then, then I started to feel better because I was living my brand, you know, mm. like it's, mm. you can't be, you know, being trained by a trainer who doesn't train. So I started to feel better about it. Um, and yeah, when you're starting a business, there's just so much going on. You, that's the last of your priorities. So I was just, I kind of had to focus on just that, my mm. mental energy for a little while. Um, in terms of like my mental health, that is still something I really, really uh, like is challenging and something that, you know, <clears throat> it's funny when you're small time, you think you want big mm. and then you go big and then you realize how stressful and scary <laughs> it is. And so <clears throat> I think that for me, I've now really adopted some good practices that kind of help me and don't get me wrong. I go in and out of them. Um, but really making sure you yeah, have some daily habits and rituals that help keep you grounded. Just some simple things like whether it be meditation or journaling or, you know, whether it's working out for you, whatever it looks like. I think that's really important because mental health for business owners like is, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not easy to keep your head mm. when there's so much uncertainty and so much just, just so much responsibility. Mm. It can be really overwhelming. So, yeah, I think that's really a challenging one. But mm. being around other people that are going through the same thing helps. Mm. So, like, I'm a part of a great little kind of um, network of people that own gyms in Newcastle mm. as well. And we go and chat and catch up. And just knowing that someone else is going through the same thing you are can just, mm. oh, it just lifts the burden so much. Mm. Um, so, you think that's really important. So Yeah, and especially as we're recording this podcast, which is going to come out in the next week anyway. So, mm. things aren't aren't going to change dramatically globally but it's times like this that you realize we can either operate on our own and cower in a corner and be afraid Mm. or we can come together and find innovative creative solutions Mm. to help everyone get through this time yeah because it could also be really easy to go well I'm over here and I'm fine as yeah. well and things are going to be all right yeah. and then your peers are like doing it tough yeah and that's yeah that's not fun either yeah so, yeah, yeah I think having that network and that mm. community of it could be in the same industry as yeah. you uh, or it could be even different mm. industry but maybe it's other powerful women mm. is really yeah. yeah really key yeah uh let's switch conversation a little bit and mm-hmm. away from leadership and talk about brand now mm-hmm. this has become a real passion of mine mm-hmm. uh kind of accidentally mm-hmm. <laughs> i've been really really interested in in brands and in how people build a brand as a business but how also people build their personal brand because i there's a lot more opportunities now for us to build our personal brand yeah. and alongside a business uh, one thing you touched on was was values, which yeah. is a very strong component mm-hmm. of of brand and strengths. Uh, your why, uh, how conscious ha- has your uh, brand building been as a business? Is it something that you set out 
you obviously had the experience in the gym, so you knew what your gym wasn't going to mm. be and what it was going to be, and maybe you started from there. You had a really strong, yeah. probably customer experience yeah. uh, values. But then in terms of what Lassomme could be, it, it's become Australia's biggest woman female only gym is yeah women yep. only gym. Yep. it's australia's yeah. um biggest cross-training female only gym yeah 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 um yeah i honestly like i think that yeah i think values are really important and i think really getting clear on what those values mean in terms of behavior so i am very 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 clear on what i like what i want to see and what i don't want to mm. see so um, and, and you know what the funny thing is it's really interesting this has come up because a lot of people talk about community and a lot of people talk mm. about how great it's a buzzword isn't yeah it, it yeah. really is yeah. it really is I want to build a good community yeah great <laughs> are you afraid to fire someone from your community that doesn't line up with your values yeah. because if you're not your community means nothing yeah so you know I'm we you know very early on got very clear on okay these are the behaviours we want our members to be you know carrying out these are the behaviors we don't want. So every now and then we'll get a girl that will come in with a little bit of an ego and not really want to be a part of a community, won't want to share, like won't want to share workouts with a buddy, like won't want to be a part of that buddying up or mm. um, they won't really, like they might have an attitude about the program or whatever that is. Um, and I think that, like that, and that's one of the most challenging things, mm. being able to have a conversation with that person mm. And to be able to have that conversation and figure out, A, what's going on for them mm. and figure out if you can help mm. them, but also to, to figure out what their values are. Mm. And if their values don't line up with ours, to have that conversation and be not afraid of losing a member mm. because they don't have the same values that you do. You know, I in no way am interested in attracting elite athletes that are all about themselves mm. and not about being a part of a community mm. um, and I think that's really important to get really clear on who you are but also who you're not yeah. and to be able to you know hire and fire accordingly like we now have a, a lengthy interview process with girls when they first come in because we, we now know we don't want just plenty of girls coming in trialing it and then you know chewing up our time and energy for you know three months and then moving on to the next gym so now it's harder to get in. We, we have a conversation with you. We put you through one-on-one. We run you through some classes. And we talk to you about our values. We ask you. Like, we actually interview wow, you to okay. see if you're the right fit. Because we've yeah. realized that spending a couple of hours with you early on yeah. is so much better than all that time and energy it takes to train you, develop you, coach you, build a relationship with you for you to leave three or six months later. As an employee or as a... No, as a member. Wow. Mm. Okay. We've only just started doing this last six months. But we've had a really great like result because the feeling in the gym is so much better. We're not having as much of a churn. We're, we're attracting the right members, a little bit less of them, but the right ones. Mm. And we're getting so much great feedback from them that they know from the outset exactly what they're walking into. They're not walking in and kind of getting to like figuring it out and then three months later kind of going, you know what, this actually isn't for me. Mm. We're very upfront. We're very much like, this is who we are. This is who we're not. This is what will be expected of you. This is what you ex- you can expect from us. Yeah. And that's how it is. Yeah. And if you don't like it, that's totally fine. But you're better off. We don't want to waste your time or your money. <laughs> yeah. So let's just call it now. Yeah. And it's been amazing. Like, um, But yeah, you really do need to... And, and I see a lot of gyms that... And a lot of similar gyms to mine that are smaller community gem, gyms that 
say they're all about community, but yet I see people behaving in ways in that community that I that I don't think are, you know, kind of in line with, you know, a community value. And, you know, I think, yeah, I just think that you've got to be able to live by it even when it's uncomfortable. Mm. You've got to be able to have that conversation mm. with somebody and say to them their behaviour is not okay. And I, th- I don't think that happens enough. Yeah. And people need that. People want that accountability and they want to know what the boundaries are um, so that they know how to behave in your space. And if they're not in line with that, then they can move on mm. and you can wish them well in that. Do you think that uh, that was something that you wish in hindsight you would have done from the beginning? No, that's something I've always done. But okay. I, I don't think I've always done it well. Okay. You know, I, I think in the early days, I've always known from the get-go exactly what is okay and what's not okay. But I don't think I've always been able to deliver that well. So yeah. I think in the early days I was a little bit reactive and I, I took things really personally and I thought that people, you know, I thought it was something about me. Mm. And then over time I've, I've learned how to have those conversations and how to have them in a way that's not confronting and not, um, you know, intimidating and, and that it's just all about knowing right from the outset. And that's why we've changed our whole onboarding process so that we can get to know the person so much better from the get-go so that they can, we can develop that relationship right then and then they know how to be – like they know what they're coming into. Mm. And they've got that chance to opt out. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's – it's. I've always known it. I've always mm. – that's one thing I've always had a very strong feeling for what I want this place to feel like every day. Like if I look out – I'm a nutcase. Like I'm a psycho. <laughs> I will walk into a gym. I'll pop into Maitland or Newcastle. Don't be afraid to walk into La <laughs> Somme, okay, if you're listening yeah. to this and you want to come but, and join. Uh, but I mean I'm, I'm like psychotic in the way that I coach my coaches because I don't say that to them. I tell them – I feel sorry for them because I'm yeah. crazy, but I will go to the gym and when they're coaching and I'm just there, you know, as a participant and I will scan the room and I will look for, you know, the, the one girl that's left on the outer or the clicky girls that aren't like, mm. there might be a group of two and one on the outer or and not clicky. Like I think there's, there's two things I've figured out. There are clicks and there are subgroups yeah. and I love subgroups. Like yeah. it's totally normal to see girls, you know, we've got 300 members. There's yeah. no way that, you know, everyone can go out for dinner every Saturday night. Yeah. Like these little groups form, but yeah. we want to make sure like the, I've read that the word click means not wanting to step out of your group or let anyone else in. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's something that's super important. So for us, I think it's really important to understand we want subgroups not clicks mm. we want subgroups mm. where every now and then if, if someone wanted to jump in and do a workout with them or someone wanted to jump in and go for coffee with them they would be okay with that mm. and they sometimes step out of it too mm. Mm. so it's really hard to talk to girls about that because yeah. it's like well they pay a membership and they're fully allowed to come to the gym and train and do whatever they want mm. but it's just about inspiring them to think of others and, and yeah. to understand how powerful they are yeah. like you know a group of three or four girls how powerful that can be to look over and just make eye contact with one person that's standing mm. there on her own, like a woman that's 10 years, 15 years older than them. It's her first week. She doesn't know anyone. Just understand the impact that that person mm. has to look over and smile and say, oh, hi, my name's so-and-so. Mm. Come over here and, mm. and warm up with us. Mm. It's huge. Yeah. Like that one thing, and we've had so many women write in and say, you know, when that girl reached out to me or when that girl buddied up with me, it just made my day. Like she's so amazing. Like I watch her in the gym. She's so fit and strong and because what we people don't realize is we put people up, we put other people up on a pedestal, mm. and then when that per and that person has no idea, and then when they turn around and they, you know, they reach out to you and they want to f- 
like hang out with you or collab with mm. you or do something with you, how much it lifts that person mm. up. Mm. So I'm all about that. Mm. I'm all about that. Yeah. Uh, something that I've also admired about you, Nerida, is the fact that you are out there in the community yourself. You're not sitting back behind the brand La Somme. Uh, and this probably comes from the early days of having to be a bit scrappy and a bit gritty and uh, all of those uh, tendencies we have when we're, when we're really in the really early stages mm-hmm. of building. You've always been out in the community. I haven't lived in Newcastle that long, so I've only been watching very recently. But I love that you extend that community spirit to other business owners, to events. You're always at networking events all of these different things it's mm. really important to you to mm-hmm. feel part of the community yeah not be i'm over here with my business mm-hmm. and my little community yeah um do you think you've strategically been building your own personal brand or is, is that just something that's come very naturally to you and i know you've got big uh goals for this business that will mean that you will be less of the face of La Somme. You'll always be known Mm. as the founder, Mm. uh, but there'll be other people Mm -hmm. that will start to grow the business Mm. for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Has that been, yeah, has that been strategic or conscious for you to keep up your own personal brand, your own profile, or is it just part of who you are? Yeah, it's definitely not been a strategic thing at all. Um, I don't actually like the idea of being a personal brand. Yeah. <laughs> like it feels weird. Yeah. Um, I think I have started to embrace that a little bit more over the last 12 months. I've been asked to speak at more events and um, it's really, uh, this is really silly, but I went along to watch the founder of Kiki K speak at an event and I love her. She, start, she has a podcast, Christina Carlson, and she's all about inspiring people to live, to, you know, live their dream lives. And um, I noticed their brand is yellow and mm. she wears a lot of yellow. Every time I see wow. her, she's in yellow. So I started wearing pink. Yeah. And I've started in the last, you know, 12 months to really love the colour pink. And I've started to really think about that a bit more and just and, and about representing the brand. But just getting out into the community was just really purely a way for me to grow the business. It was just a matter of in the early days, if I wasn't coaching a class, I was doing whatever I could to get the brand out there. So that was using social media. That was going and talking at schools. That was going and running free boot camps. It was going and running free corporate events. It was just anything I could do to spread the name. Like it's just mm. you have to do it. You can't, you know, you can't not do everything you can. I was contacting the Herald and asking them to do a story on us. It was, yeah. and just doing whatever I could to leverage. You know, it was asking someone to, if I could offer them a free PT one-on-one session. Would they write something about us or, you know, whatever. Like it was just anything I could do. Going on the radio. It was just all about spreading the message of La Somme. But I suppose, yeah, along the way, I've realized there is an opportunity there for me to build my own brand. Um, and I'd love to dive into that a bit more. Mm. And to, yeah, like, you know, it's interesting when you sit down and really work out what energizes you. And, you know, that's something that energizes me. I could sit here and talk to you all day. Yeah. Like, it's funny when I, I thought starting a podcast would be really awesome. And it is. I love it. Yeah. But what I've realized is... I love to talk. When you ask people to come on a podcast, they're the ones doing the talking. Yeah. So it's it's a real challenge for me. To, it, I really have to, to, to learn listen. how to listen. Yeah. <laughs> practice, practice active listening. Yeah. yeah. So that's hilarious. That's something I've learned about myself. Yeah. But yeah, I love talking and I love trying to inspire people to see what they're capable of. And I love like hearing about people's mm. dreams and like what they're working mm. on and how I can help. Like mm. it's just, it's been totally accidental, but... It is something that I, yeah, definitely would like to do more of. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. How do you see your role change as the song grows? You, uh, you can say as much or as little as you want about this, but I know you have plans to have more than two gyms mm. eventually. Mm-hmm. And how do you see your role in yep. that as things grow? Oh, I see my role in, like the way I see it, I love the idea of, you know, working, being a leader of say 20 to 30 female franchisee owners. Like I want to franchise the business Mm. and I want to, you know, help women become leaders of their own little communities and run their own businesses Mm. with support and teach them about culture, teach them about values, teach them about how to mentor their coaches and Mm. how to create a community. Mm. That's where I see myself going. Mm. I want to travel all around Australia and spend time with these girls and going into these gyms Mm. and seeing what they're capable Mm. of doing for themselves um, and being a small part of lots of communities rather than being a big part of one or two. Mm. I see myself really wanting to get out there and, yeah, I want to see more and more women in leadership roles, like 100%. The stats on women in leadership is scary and it starts from such a young age. So... Another thing I'm really passionate about is trying to bring in programs for schools, mm. teenage girls in schools. So that's something that I really want to, would love to dive into. Um, so yeah, like it's just, I just love seeing women in roles where they feel really empowered and connected and they're growing mm. and they're challenging themselves and they're becoming better people. Yeah. It's something that's really cool about that too is that I uh, coming from a corporate background, and you probably too, only ever thought leadership occurred in those scenarios, as I said like right at the beginning when we had the conversation around leadership. But to actually be in an environment like a gym, or I have a retail background, management background now as well, and see that you can be just as kick-ass leader in or any kind of environment mm. and it doesn't have to be exclusively being corporate and that's your only way mm. and uh, I think that's really cool that you are saying hey I can give you all of those opportunities but you can do it in a field that you actually really really love yeah rather yeah. than yes. climbing that corporate ladder oh. to get to that point which may totally. be your goal yeah, totally. <laughs> but if it's not and mm. if you're really passionate about mm-hmm. health and wellness then mm-hmm. we have a, we have a place for you yeah. yeah yeah definitely oh definitely like i like the lifestyle of what we do can be so rewarding like you know we get paid to spend time motivating inspiring coaching women to get physically fit and strong and healthy and then we're spending time with them outside like in a social setting like you know and yeah like it's a very rewarding role like Mm. it's really really rewarding Mm. so to see women like living and earning an income from doing that Mm. like and something that yeah could support them and their families and something where they love going to work every day Mm. but at the same time they're still being challenged and they're still growing like (laughs) we see a lot of pain like I see a lot of pain from my girls when I challenge them sometimes on you know certain things like because you know at the end of the day like I say to them all the time I'm not here to be your best friend, I'm here to make you better. Yeah. Like, that's why I only ever employ from within La Song. Mm. So girls come into the gym and they start training and then they realise there's another layer to the onion there. Mm. It's not just about health and fitness. There's, there's you know, there's um, mindset and growth and challenge. And when I start pushing that on them a bit and then you start to see them change and grow and then they come on as coaches and that just intensifies. Mm. And you always see a little bit of pushback in the early, in the, in the early days. And yeah. it's like, well, this is what this role is going to entail. And yeah. if you're not up for that, that's fine. But yeah. you're, I'm not, I'm not into, I'm not interested in 
create an environment where you just rock up and coach women every day. Mm. Like, and you just, you're a trainer. And you're so much out. more than that. Yeah. 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 You're so much more than a fitness trainer. Yeah. You're a leader. And that mm. requires looking at some stuff that may not feel comfortable to you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm sure as they take that and go back into their families mm. or their friendship groups, it just oh. makes them a bigger, oh. uh, better person on all sorts see of things, doesn't it? Oh, you see it, yeah. it all the time. You see women leave relationships that they were unhappy in but didn't have the confidence to leave. You see women, you know, supporting other women through business and through, like, family, and you see them just step up. Like, mm. they really do. You see women just, you know, have more confidence. Like, I see women come in, like, coaches that I've had come in and couldn't even walk into a room of people that they didn't know and go to a networking mm. event. But then, you know, 12 months later they are. Yeah. Or even as simple as sharing a vulnerable post about themselves. Yeah. You know, I've got one yeah. coach who you know, had a story, a really amazing story and did not want to share it, but yet expected her members to want to share, to share theirs. Yeah. And I had to have a very tough conversation with her that if she wants to be a leader of a community, she mm. needs to be okay with being vulnerable because mm. she can't mm. expect vulnerability and connection from people if she's not willing to mm. lead first. Mm. And she nearly walked away. Yeah. Like she very nearly walked away. Yeah. Um, and she didn't. And I'm so grateful she didn't cause she's amazing yeah. and I'd be lost without her. But yeah, it's like challenging them to, not just live life blindly, like mm. to look at their shit and to grow and to heal. And we're all going through stuff. Mm. We're all mm. going through pain. Um, and it's just about figuring that out and working out how we can show up as our best self and yeah. just continuing that on and on and on. Yeah. Oh, you're amazing, Nerida. <laughs> it's so uh, great to uh, be on the other side of the microphone, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed that. We can do a Joe Rogan and keep going for another hour and a half if you want, or a Tim Ferriss. I think one day we yeah. should. We should. <laughs> yeah. um, it's been such a pleasure to have you share your story, and I know so many women out there uh, across Newcastle, across Australia, I know I've got people in all sorts of parts of the world that listen to this. Be inspired by what you have done and realise that it's possible for them. That's the biggest thing mm. that... I take away from this is yeah we've talked a lot of different topics and leadership and branding and all of those things but at the end of the day we we have everything we need and mm. we can do it yeah. and uh you know you're living proof and you're five six years down the track mm. nearly mm -hmm. uh so these things take time mm -hmm. to they be do. patient they yeah. do it takes yeah. a lot of time yeah do you have any final parting words? Maybe share with us where uh, we can find Lassom if we happen yeah. to be in Newcastle or Maitland. Uh, yeah, where they can follow the journey because I'm sure they can get a lot just out of following mm. Lassom inspiration-wise or oh, out yeah. of following you. So. Oh, yeah. Well, you can find we have a website, lassom.net.au. That's L-I-S-S-O-M-E. Yeah. Um, we're on Instagram, Lassom Newcastle and Lassom Maitland. Mm -hmm. um, and we're on Facebook as well, the same names. Um, we're on YouTube and we've got our podcast, the Lassom Podcast. So we'd love for anyone to connect with us on any of those platforms. Um, and reach out to us, like send me a message, like I'm on Instagram as Nerida Bint um, yeah. or on Facebook, so please, if it resonates with you, send me a message. Um, but I would just, one comment I'd love to leave with your audience, because I know the work that you do, and I think it's, you know, I think you've got to constantly remind yourself, if you were at the end of your life, at the end of your days, and you had to look back and reflect on everything you'd done, 
we never ever I don't think regret the things we didn't do yeah. it's always sorry we don't regret the things we did we yeah. always regret the things we didn't do yeah and I think you know you, the word legacy gets thrown around a lot and I, I always wonder when I die what are people going to say about mm. me mm. and I just think you want to live your life that way mm. like so many of us say we want to live our we want people to say that we were a good person and we did this and we, we were that but we live our day to day not in line with that like mm-hmm. we you know you might want to be a good family man but or a, or a good mother but do you spend time with your kids mm-hmm. like or are you out mm-hmm. there working you know crazy hours whatever it is but just living your life true to that and every day just thinking about those people you surround yourself with and what you're giving to others and what you're truly capable of because life is way too short to get to the end of it and wonder mm-hmm. yes Yes, thank you for that. Mm. I appreciate that. And thank you for your time at this uh, crazy uh, time in the world. It is lovely to have uh, you as a friend and to be able to connect with you because I think now more than ever it highlights how important that mm. is. So well, I've got to say, like, it, I feel the same about you. Like, <laughs> you know, you're someone I my energy just is always uplifted. And my spirit always feels so good when I'm around you. So I can't even imagine what the you know listeners from your audience get from this but you just yeah you're someone in this community you've only been a part of Newcastle for such a short time but you've already had such a big impact and I just yeah I I honestly have to acknowledge you for the stuff you do because you inspire me every day thank you thank you the feelings mutual (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having me yeah